Listener Production. I don't take marching orders from woke corporations based in California. Just not how I roll. On this episode of The Briefing, the fight between Ron DeSantos, the Florida governor, and Disney. It's now culminated in Disney suing DeSantis, saying the governor is threatening its business. It's a story with more twists and turns than a theme park roller coaster. That's Guardian journalist Richard Luscombe. He's going to explain this whole saga and what it's got to do with anti-LGBT laws and the massive implications it could have given DeSantos is a possible contender for the US presidency. That is our briefing with Jan Fran right after today's headlines. It is the 1st of May. Tom Tilly with you, joined by Eleanor Harris and Dengate for today's headlines. New house price data shows the biggest downturn in decades is over for now. National house prices have now gone up for two months in a row by around half a percent in each month. That's largely driven by Sydney, which is leading the recovery with median prices increasing by 3% since January. Yeah, it's been a very interesting time in the housing market. Um, Record falls. Now, the two main reasons I think it's flattened out is the low supply. A lot of people not keen to sell when house prices are going down. Mm. Um, The other thing is the interest rate cycle, of course. Most economists now think that we're at the top or close to the top. There may be one or two more rate hikes, but pretty much that big cycle is over. And it'll be in the news again all this week because there's another RBA decision tomorrow. It's their monthly meeting. Most economists predicting that they'll keep rates on hold for a second month in a row. And two Aussies are in big trouble in Indonesia. There's a 23-year-old Bodhi Manny Risby-Jones. He's facing five years in prison in Sumatra or potentially even a flogging under Sharia law. It's alleged that he went on a naked rampage after drinking from a bottle of vodka last Thursday. He says he had underwear on and only drank one shot. It's said that he knocked a local fisherman off his motorbike and the man had to get 50 stitches in his ankle. The chief of the village uh, where the Aussie guy was staying has said that they must slaughter a goat to restore peace. And so then over on Java, the other big um, highly populated island, Craig Abbas Abdullah MacArthur is facing 14 months in jail after allegedly spitting in the face of an imam in a mosque in Bandung, not too far from Jakarta. So it's alleged that he approached a man at the pulpit to complain about the sound of the recitations from the Quran. He then leaned forward and was captured on CCTV, spitting in the man's face, and the footage has now gone viral. So some seemingly terrible behaviour from some Australians there. I guess that's also happening at the same time as not too long ago we saw Bali warning of a crackdown on on problem tourists because we've had these issues where like influencers have been going to sacred sites mm. naked, which the locals do not appreciate. The thing is, though, in Bali, the bad behaviour is sort of mm. usually cordoned off to certain areas and... The Balinese are sort of used to it, but when you go to these other parts of Indonesia, Mm. like deep into Java or right up to Aceh in Sumatra, Mm. um, you have a much higher concentration of very devout Muslims who, A, ain't up for that stuff and also aren't as used to these Western tourists behaving badly. So I think that's when you can get into real trouble in Indonesia. Joe Biden has joked about his age at the White House Correspondents Association dinner, which is where the president traditionally faces some friendly sledging from journalists. You might think I don't like Rupert Murdoch. That's simply not true. 
How can I just like a guy who makes me look like Harry Styles? <laughs> Doesn't quite cut it, does it? I, I feel like Rupert Murdoch's probably going a bit stronger than Biden, even though he's about 10 years older. <laughs> That's so harsh. <laughs> but yeah, so apart from addressing his age, so he mostly spoke about press freedom. He was talking about two reporters, mainly uh, US reporters, so one who's in Russia who's been detained and one in Syria who has mm. disappeared. And uh, he said that journalism's not a crime and that he's working like hell to get them home. And this Saturday, we, the public, the commoners, will be asked to pledge allegiance to the new sovereign, Charles, when he's crowned at the coronation, which is this weekend. So normally it's the people of a level of dukes and above who are asked to pledge allegiance, but um, now it's going out to the whole public. Um, Republicans are saying it's offensive and tone deaf and it holds the people in contempt. Uh, Instead of being uh, the homage of peers, it's going to be called uh, the homage of the people. And I guess it's part of a sort of suite of new things that are sort of being brought in for this coronation. One of the things that interested me is that there's going to actually be some hymns in Welsh and Irish Gaelic and Scottish Gaelic for the first time ever, which is pretty overdue considering the Crown has had dominion over those areas for a long time. Yeah, it's interesting. So the homage, um, you know, is something we're all going to be a part of now. So in a way it's seen as being less elitist, but I think, uh, yeah, a lot of other people will be read it to be pretty odd or just a just a strange thing to do in this day and age. <laughs> and wow, this is a strange one. So a Dutch court has ordered a 41-year-old man who's fathered between five and 600 children, wow, to stop donating sperm. So the court said under Dutch guidelines, sperm donors are allowed to produce a maximum of 25 children with 12 mothers, saying this donor lied to prospective parents about his history. Uh, He's provided sperm to several fertility clinics in the Netherlands and also one in Denmark, as well as to many other individuals he's connected with through online forums. If he breaches the ban, he'll have to pay 100,000 euros per case. Oh, Jesus. And it's just, imagine if you're one of those kids and it's like, I mean, I guess this is what really it comes down to is like, Netherlands isn't a huge place and there's a very good chance that some of those kids might run into each other later in life and not realise they're half the blink. <laughs> right. That is quite a risk. I, I, do you think that's why the, the rule is sort of capped at 25? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> one, of, one of the good reasons. All right, we'll catch you later. Jan Fran is joining you to bring you this crazy story about Ronda Santos and Disney in a legal fight. People have said, maybe create a state park. Maybe you need another state prison. Who knows? I mean, I just think that the the possibilities are are endless. Mm, Maybe you need another state prison. That there is Florida Governor Ron DeSantis just, you know, casually floating the idea of building a prison next to the state's Disney World theme park. Now, this is a not-so-subtle way of getting back at the Disney Corporation, which has not been shy in publicly criticising the Republican governor. You'll see why they've done that in a second. For the past 12 months or so, this battle has raged between Disney and DeSantis. Neither side seems like the backing-down type, by the way. And now the spat has ended up in court with the corporation suing the governor. But as you'll hear, this story is about 
so much more than these two entities. Mainly because DeSantis could, I want to stress here, could be the next president of the United States. Richard Luscombe is a correspondent for The Guardian, living in Florida. He's been in the state for 20 years. He's British, but we won't hold that against him. He's been following this story very, very closely, and he joins us now. Richard, thank you for being with us here on The Briefing. This is quite the saga. It's exactly that. It's it's a story with more twists and turns than a theme park roller coaster. Um, to tell you the story mm. properly, we need we need to go back more than a year to when Ron DeSantis, who is the Republican governor of Florida, and he's also a likely candidate for the presidential nomination for his party next year. He kicked off his re-election bid for governor last year by introducing a proposed law called the Parental Rights in Education Act, which sounds pretty boring. It's an effort to preserve traditional values in Florida's schools. One of the elements of this new law was to outlaw any discussion of sexual orientation or gender identity in classrooms up to a certain age level. And critics of the bill um, immediately jumped on this and nicknamed the bill the Don't Say Gay Law. No discussion whatsoever mm. of these subjects in classrooms. This is where Disney steps in and where, where Disney become involved. So Disney has, is Florida's biggest private employer. It has a lot of cast members, the employers are call, called, who are members of the LBGTQ community. Those employees put pressure on their company to speak out against this don't say gay law. We, we can't have this. So this, Disney then put out a statement condemning the law, criticizing the governor, saying the company would do anything it can to help overturn the law. This is where we jump back another 50 years. I know it gets confusing, bear with me. Back in the late 60s, Walt Disney was introducing his theme parks to Florida. Florida wanted him to bring the business um, to the state. And as a sweetener, Disney was allowed to set up what's called its own special taxing district, which is essentially a local authority of its own running. It gets to appoint its own members. It has the authority to raise taxes and approve developments. So essentially a self-governing body that Disney had. In return, Disney paid money to the state, tourism dollars and everything. Everybody's happy with this arrangement for 50 years until the don't say gay law comes in and Disney's statement. Now we have Ron DeSantis, who's not happy about Disney speaking out against his policies, deciding, well, what can I do about this? How do I get back at Disney? So his initial plan at that point is to target this special taxing district. He announced he was going to abolish it or get the Florida lawmakers to abolish it for him. And the running of Disney would then revert to the local authorities that everybody else pays their taxes to. Then it was pointed out to Mr. DeSantis that, well, if you do this, there's about a billion dollars worth of tax debt that would suddenly land on all the residents of the counties that Disney is in. So that was then a non-starter. So if you're with me so far, we get to November. Yep. Ron DeSantis gets re-elected in a landslide. And the Republican Party takes over a supermajority of the Florida legislature. They can do pretty much what they want at this point. DeSantis is still mulling, well, how do we get back at Disney? So having given up on the idea of abolishing this taxing district, his next plan is to, we're going to fire all the members of it, and I'm going to install my own directors. And that's ultimately what he does. Disney gets sneaky at this point, at the last, or, or sneaky according to DeSantis and his, his supporters. Um, their last meeting before they're abolished, they strike a deal with Disney whereby they hand over all their powers 
to the company itself. And the incoming board of DeSantis appointees are effectively emasculated. They, they, they have no power because Disney now runs itself again. His new board is complaining, this is no good, this can't stand. Um, DeSantis's lawyers are looking at it. So is this legal? Can they do this? Disney said it's legal. They said they advertised the meetings publicly. They did everything in sunshine it's there we have in florida what's called sunshine laws everything has to be done in public in the open so in recent weeks now we're we're going back to last month desantis now is proposed some more legislation which is going through at the moment whereby the agreement that disney made with the outgoing board is nullified retroactively the new board gets given power and also if that legislation gets passed then like like i said they 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 reclaim power so that's where things are from the desantis side this week mm-hmm. disney has filed its own lawsuit against desantis saying look we really don't want to be doing this, but you've left us with no choice. You're coming in here, you're a politician, you're picking on a private company. So they're now going to court to get the, the new legislation overturned, if, if you follow that. So the whole thing's got very unseemly. It's heading to court. Mm. Ultimately, a judge somewhere is going to have to decide all this, but it's a, a battle between the two sides. It's very likely, almost certain, in fact, that none of this would have got any of the attention that it did had Ron DeSantis not be considered the most likely rival to challenge Donald Trump for the Republican nomination right. for president in the 2024 Which election. Is this is why we're doing this it. story here in Australia, halfway around the world in the wrong side hemisphere, doing a story about yeah. one governor of one state in the US. But actually, it's a lot bigger than that because he is very likely to run for president. You're exactly right, and and mm-hmm. Ron DeSantis is the the kind he hasn't declared yet. There's there's speculation that by the end of May he's going to throw his hat in the ring and say yes, I'm running. His target voter are Trump voters. If anything, he he's a little bit to the right of Trump with some of his policies and um, um, what he's trying to achieve here. Everything right. he's doing in Florida is being scrutinized on a national level now. It's, it's possible that this spat with Disney may just have been a Florida thing had it not been for the, the fact that everyone's looking at what this guy is doing. In polling, he's the only likely candidate who's even close to Trump among Republican voters. So he, he, he's a big deal for, for that respect. Trump, of course, doesn't like it. Trump has been running campaign ads already against DeSantis nationally, pointing out that mm. DeSantis is, you know, he's picked this fight with a private company. It's not very conservative politics. Aren't we the party of small government here? So what's this guy doing getting involved in the affairs of, of, of a private company, especially one that yeah, gives so much Trump money, that tweeted, generates so much money. Not tweeted because it's not on Twitter, but on his social media platform, Truth Social, I think he said something like, oh, this is also unnecessary. It's a political stunt. And when Trump, mm. who is arguably very good at political stunts himself, when he, you know, somehow seems like the calmer voice of reason, you really have to wonder what is going on. Exactly. Some people might find that statement a little bit rich coming from the author that it came from. Um, Mm, mm. I I don't think there's any doubt that that Donald Trump is scared of what DeSantis could become. Like I said, he's the only candidate that's polling anywhere close to Trump. 
Um, right. In terms of how this is playing in Florida and nationally, it doesn't actually seem to be going very well for Ron DeSantis at the moment. He's been running mm. like a, a sort of shadow campaign for the, the presidency. He hasn't declared, but he, he, he's got a book out. So he's, he's been on a national book tour promoting his book. It's called The Courage to be Free, promoting his conservative agenda and why Florida is a good blueprint for, for the country. Um, he's been meeting with Republican donors in various other states and has got quite a war chest of dollars behind him ready for his expected run. So Trump is sort of fearing that. Going back to, you know, the spat between Disney and, and DeSantis, why do you think DeSantis chose to fight this fight against Disney? Because they come out against his law. Arguably, it's quite a quite damaging law. Disney certainly were not the only entity, corporation, individual organisation to speak out against that. But then mm-hmm. Ron decided he is not going to let this one go. What is it about him or what is it about <laughs> that scenario in particular that just really made him want to fight Disney tooth and nail to the point where we're here now. I think it's more the topic rather than the company. It plays into Ron DeSantis's anti-woke agenda, as he calls it. Florida, he says, the place where woke comes to die. And you have the elements here of the the LBGTQ community, of of which I've already said Disney has has a very high number of cast employees from that community. The anti-wokeness thing plays into a lot more than just anti-LBGTQ. If you've seen some of the legislation that's passed in Florida, during this this current session, there's a lot of anti-immigrant stuff in there. There's the six-week uh, a abortion, law that, that, restrictions as well. Yeah, yeah. the six-week six abortion ban. Gun rights are in there. He, he's just uh, passed a law where anybody in the state of Florida, any adult in the state of Florida, can carry a concealed firearm on the person without any need for a permit or without any need for training. So that that's another element there. I mean, you understand um, that to an Australian, that just sounds just absolute madness. That it, is just something It's madness that, I mean, to me. So Florida... It sort of leads the nation in mass shootings. And you have the gun rights lobby, the National Rifle Association, powerful in Florida, that have just managed to get this loosening of of gun restrictions here. So if Mm -hmm. if we're talking about things that are madness, to me, there's more madness right there. I, I don't understand it. How does this end? Because DeSantis is taking Disney to court so that his board can have more power over the corporation. Disney is taking DeSantis to court saying that he is anti-business and curtailing their enterprise. He's about, well, we think he's going to throw his hat in the ring to run for president of the United States next year. How does this all end? What happens now? My prediction on the Disney spat will be what's happened several times previously when DeSantis has announced things, hardline stuff. That, that grabs headlines at the time. And then as time goes on, he sort of backs away from it or reaches a compromise. I suspect with these dueling lawsuits, what will happen is that they'll they'll come to some kind of agreement whereby um, Ron DeSantis' appointments will still get to, to run the board, but they'll be a lot more moderate in their approach to Disney. And Disney would, would, would likely go along with that as long as they retain some, some of their powers. That was... Guardian correspondent Richard Luscombe there who lives and works in Florida. I keep coming back to Trump talking about this being a political stunt and that it's completely unnecessary and I must say, didn't think I would see the day when I would say this, but well, Trump sounds quite sane. There you go. A political stunt, totally unnecessary. We'll see if Richard Luscombe's 
predictions play out that this will just peter away. Listener.